I don't think physical therapy should be injury based. I think it should be something that's part of your life. I don't think it should be body part based. I think that's hopefully most people are moving away from that. But everything's connected, as we know, and nothing should be looked at as just one part of your body hurts. Let's just look at that, treat that cookie cutter it the way we treat everybody's body part the same. I think we have to look at the individual, their life, what their goals are. I think that's a huge part of it. You're listening to Muscle Medicine, where we debunk the myths in the health and wellness world to bring you the latest updates in exercise, rehab and nutrition from industry leaders. Join your host, Dr. Emily Kybert, chiropractor and movement expert as she brings you simple, actionable tips to reach your fullest potential. Hey there, Dr. Emily Kybert here with Muscle Medicine Podcast. Today we sit down with Corinne. She is a physical therapist who has practiced in New York City for over 10 years and currently owns her own company, which is in the midst of a big expansion. Corinne is the in-house soul cycle doctor of physical therapy. And if you follow any of the Soul Cycle instructors like Lori Cole or Mel or any of your favorites, you'll see Corinne in their Instagram stories, working on them, sometimes torturing them. Corinne and I met at an ART seminar about 10 years ago, and it was a girl crush ever since. We talk about why giving personalized care is so important and the whole body approach not just treating the area of pain, which you know I'm all about, and encouraging people to look at physical therapy as a regular part of their wellness routine. We talk about why a physical therapist should be a partner in helping you maintain your health, the importance of community and learning from one another, what burnout looks like and how to deal with it when it happens, and growing your business. Grin is such a gem. Can't wait for you to listen to this episode. So I feel like you are redefining what the physical therapy industry is doing. I would like to think so. I hope that would be good. I feel like the traditional physical therapy is you're seeing multiple patients. It's a bit of a mill and it's very symptom specific, body part specific. And I feel like you're redefining that of how really what physical therapy should look like. Well, thank you. I appreciate you looking at that way. I mean, yes, I think that there's other people trying to get out of that. And I think that's great. But if I'm just thinking about the way I look at it, one, I don't think physical therapy should be injury based. I think it should be something that's part of your life. I don't think it should be body part based. I think that's hopefully most people are moving away from that. But everything's connected, as we know, and nothing should be looked at as just one part of your body hurts. Let's just look at that, treat that cookie cutter it the way we treat everybody's body part the same. I think we have to look at the individual, their life, what their goals are. I think that's a huge part of it and what they need to be able to get back to, whether that's activity, sports, work, parenting. And I think sometimes in the fields, you know, for example, if somebody has knee pain, you treat knee pain for the same way you treat knee pain for anybody, whether they're a high-level athlete, whether they're a parent, where they sit at a desk. And then I, I think that's kind of the miss mark on getting people truly better and changing their lives and how they move to be their best self. That's always what I say. You have to be your best self, which is whatever you want to do. We want to elevate it. Yeah. I love that. I feel like you saw a problem in the system, like almost like a pain point. You're like, I'm going to start to change how this is done. Was there like a moment or, you know, well, 
it's exciting to hear it that way because I guess it was for me, it was truthfully getting into the field. Like I worked with some great people early on, which I think was extremely valuable for me to see. They didn't kind of follow the factory like thing, but I think was still more traditionally based kind of old school mentality, but they did do quality of care one-on-one. So I had an introduction to like, okay, like that could be done well, but still had those missing links of treating a body part injury. And then I moved into a different position and it was the factory of 30 people. And I was like, Whoa. And it kind of made me realize like, God, there's such a range of care, but there's still, even at the best level, there's still a missing piece. And that's that physical therapy should not be about an injury. It should be about lifestyle and being your best no matter what. So I kind of stepped away from the factory, like took what I liked from the first experience and then kind of figured out how I can make it work for what I thought was missing. What does your version of like a full body approach look like? Well, I'm a manual therapist. So for me, I think it involves a lot of manual therapy, but it involves one, getting to know your patients, connecting with them and actually patients better is called clients because they shouldn't be hurt, but getting them in, looking at how they move, feeling how they move, assessing that from a manual standpoint, transitioning them into movement, whether it's movement coaching, strength and conditioning, motor control, so that we integrate what we just fixed in any sort of dysfunctional movement that I have found through manual therapy, but I think it can't end there. Then you have to integrate that or the body doesn't know what to do with this new found range or movement. And that's kind of another missing piece I see in the field. And then from there, I think it's a long-term plan. That doesn't mean you come two times a week for six months, but I would like to be part of somebody's regime, even if it's once a month, once every six months, just so that you're kind of catching things that are going wrong in the body before they become a problem. So I think it's a long-term, consistent checkup, the same way you see a massage therapist, an acupuncturist. For some reason, physical therapy is not looked at that way. We only go when we're hurting. Yeah. Can you speak to being this partner in your client's health? Because I feel like a lot of clients can get discouraged and feel like it's an upward battle and a hill to get to this place that they want to be. And how do you kind of step into that role? So for me, I hope I'm doing a good job at it. You never know. But I think that you really have to become, I mean, immersed appropriately into their life. So for me, it's always a constant conversation with somebody. You People get frustrated all the time that they're not getting better. For one, if they're not getting better or they're not getting their, achieving their goals, then we change what we're doing. And I think that's the beauty of having multiple people also in your network is I don't need to fix everything. If, it's, if I'm not getting it better, I'm more than happy to connect with somebody else. But I think that you have to listen to your clients and then also have options for them. So if something I'm working on isn't getting better, I change my approach. I'll sometimes try the movement or the strength and conditioning in place of manual therapy. And if that's not working, connect with other professionals That's another missing link in this field is why we're not all connected. I mean, it's so awesome to be here talking to you and that's a change in the field, but I don't think that's happening. People have multiple people caring for them and don't talk. So first thing I do when they're in a frustrated position is 
understand what other options are available, but also just being a partner for them. I think the connection you have with your clients is the most important thing because it's the only way you'll really understand where things are going and where they need to change. Yeah, absolutely. What techniques are you, because you obviously have a breadth of a toolbox, <laughs> what kind of techniques are you loving or playing with right now? Uh, well, as you know, I'm a big believer in ART, so active release therapy. I still kind of will say it changed my career and really speaks to me and just is something I'm passionate about and hopefully I'm doing well and getting better at it. But FRC is another one that I think right now, functional range conditioning, functional range release from functional anatomy systems is something that I've recently been exposed to and really they've helped me realize the manual component needs the motor control component. It's something that I've always thought of, but they really kind of opened my eyes to that's such a missing link, which means for people listening and don't know that we work hands on, but then the brain doesn't really know what to do with it. So you have to add this other types of techniques to make sure we're integrating this in the neuromuscular system so that your body knows how to use what we just gained. So combining those techniques have, I think they complement each other. I don't know if everybody would agree with that, but to me, they complement each other very well. So I also love dry needling. Unfortunately, we're not allowed to do that in New York, Yeah, but I'm a big fan of it and happy to refer out for it. So those are kind of, I think my main like golden star techniques at this point, but there's definitely, I'm always interested in learning. I'm going to Amino Pain Academy next two weeks. So I'll be interested to see what that's about. Nice. And you're also doing, you're doing precision nutrition. I am. I did level one. I'm now doing level two. Nutrition has always kind of been a passion of mine. I think it's a missing link in wellness in that it's not really approachable. I think there's I don't know the change yet, but I would love to come up with something that makes it more readily available to people. I think we all know technically how to eat right, but it's a very hard thing for people to do well. Sports nutrition is a whole nother level that's missing. And I think nutritionists are great, but I don't think people commit to seeing nutritionists all the time. So I wish there was a way you can have kind of nutrition as a ready available coaching option. So I'm hoping to incorporate that. And there's so much like poor nutrition information, like so much fluff out there. There's a ton of stuff out there, some good, some bad, some in the middle. And I also think people are missing the personal connection. So kind of really understanding what individuals needs are emotionally, physically, and in their past habits. And I think that's kind of where I would love to incorporate just what works for your life, not just, that's why I think we all know how to eat well, but does it happen is because it doesn't really transfer into what works for people's everyday life. So I would love to figure out a way how to make that easier for people. So precision nutrition is an awesome coaching program and level two is really cool because it really teaches you about coaching, not really the research you've learned that in level one and now you learn how to coach which is cool because you can incorporate that into physical therapy into any type of client service which i love yeah it's so applicable i feel like art and frc has these incredible communities and the practitioners that are part of them are so ridiculously intelligent and have such a breadth of knowledge 
Do you call upon those communities when you're stuck? Yeah, I think that we have a tremendous opportunity when we're part of these groups to really reach on their knowledge. So for instance, me and you were just talking before we got on this about going to the master's course at ART. I just recently got back from that. And in that, just talking to people there about their experiences and what they've kind of done to enhance their skills now makes me want to take a new course through them. So I think just talking to people, I think using the resources they have available in the forums and Facebook groups, I think can really be extremely helpful. And then truthfully, just connecting with others the same way you and I have connected. I think it's conversations about your client's care and what has been working for other people. You can, you need to learn from others and I, there's no ego involved. I think you always should find out what other people are doing great and want to learn for yourself. So I think those are great communities, but I think every person you meet in the field is an option and an opportunity to learn from. Yeah, absolutely. I was just reading this last night from Racked <laughs> that you treat instructors and they're referring to, I'm sure, soul cycle instructors like the professional athletes that they are. That I love is that. True. I love that so much. Can you tell me your journey into being Soul Cycle's lead PT? Yeah, it's very exciting and I'm always super honored to be able to talk about it and be able to hold that position. So the long story short is I was a rider. I've been riding for I think seven years now. I rode with many people, but one of the main people I rode with was Rike Uresti. He's a huge master instructor of Soul Cycle and he got hurt falling accident like kind of traumatic type fall randomly on vacation. He came back, kind of you just hear about it. People are out, obviously subbing their classes out when they're injured. He had surgery. So I never knew him personally, but saw him come back. He had kind of his um, brace on, saw him remove the brace and knew he'd need PT. And I'm super passionate about people not getting crappy care. So I messaged him and just kind of introduced myself and told him I'd love to help him find the right place super grateful to him for all he's kind of done in the soul cycle room and wanted to just kind of be a, res a resource for him. We ended up treating together and he did really, really well. And other instructors had heard that he was treating through with me at a practice I was at that I was super lucky that they allowed me the freedom to see people who I wanted to see on my own time, which I was very grateful to them. So I got to see a couple of the instructors who were in need just from wear and tear, repetitive stress. Rike ended up talking to the founders, Julie and Elizabeth, and telling them, like, there's this girl treating all your instructors. And they called me in and we had a meeting and they wanted to know why people were in need of physical therapy. And what I was doing, that kind of conversation, which I applaud them for. And we just got talking about repetitive stress and that there's nothing they're doing wrong. Cause that's what, you know, I think is a big thing people think is if you need physical therapy, something must be wrong. And like we say, professional athletes, to me, that's who they are. They're working their bodies so hard, just like a professional athlete. And they need all the complimentary care in order to go along with that. So after they realized it was just something that was nothing that was going wrong. It's just something that they really needed. They offered me a job <laughs> and I call it uh, the karma circle because I helped Rike out. He vouched for me and then they offered me a job and it was really exciting to see them really understand that the point that I want to change in the field, they saw it within their 
company and community like, oh, we're missing this. You know, once they kind of understood, oh, this will help our instructors keep them strong. It's a maintenance thing. It doesn't mean anything's going wrong. And I think a lot of people don't understand that. You can't, as we know, you can't just run your body to the ground. Yeah. What's the average number of classes? I know there's probably a range of like there's what the instru- range. instructors are teaching. I would say at minimum of a full-time instructor, 12 to 13. A and week? I mean, they, a week. Yeah. Wow. So if you think about that, right, what an amazing thing for a company to realize if our instructors are working this hard, they need the complimentary stuff in order to keep going. They really actually care about them. Of course, it's a business decision. It helps them keep their instructors strong, keeps the classes going strong, but it also, they care about them. They want them to have quality career and quality lifestyle. So that was five years ago, which is awesome. I feel like a lot of startups are doing that. I mean, Facebook, Google, and now even hedge funds are trying to add these complimentary services of like, how can we make our employees feel, well, not only feel appreciated, but actually appreciated and trying to boost employee morale. And I feel like SoulCycle really jumped on that opportunity. Yeah, I'd have to say, I think they're the pioneers in changing a lot of things in, in the wellness and fitness realm. And the two founders who are incredible people and really see things way before everybody else really kind of planted that seed. And then we're super lucky that the new CEO, Melanie, and everybody else who's there really understands it and just wants to elevate it and continues to kind of offer services and things within the company that are all about wellness and well-being. They have a corporate wellness week. I was able to speak on that about nutrition and about recovery for the corporate employees too, which is really cool. So like you mentioned, Facebook and Google and all these big companies, you don't have to necessarily be a physical career, have a physical career in order to need this stuff. Sitting at desks, as we know, can be one of the most straining things on your body. So I love that like we're we're having the conversation now with everybody across the range of careers about the need to take care of our bodies in a way we never really spoke about. And it's cool to have physical therapy be a part of that because I don't think it really was in the past. Yeah. What does a session look like with a soul cycle instructor? I'm super lucky to be able to treat exactly how I treat my private clients. They've really given me the freedom to do it exactly how I feel as the quality of care, which like I mentioned earlier is manual therapy and then either strength conditioning, movement training. So I have a dear friend who's also my partner in crime, Darius Stankwitz, and he's at Saul as well. So I'm kind of the manual therapist. He's a strength and conditioning coach. And we have our sessions with every instructor. And the, basically based on their needs and our assessment, the two of us kind of form a plan of care and it can involve motor control, manual therapy, movement. A lot of times that's kind of what we keep it to strength and conditioning can be a part of it. But a lot of times it's more that they need kind of, we need to downregulate their system and kind of get them into a more relaxed state because they've been working so hard. So it's a lot of kind of more relaxing release kind of instead of pumping them up kind of strength work. So a lot of neuromuscular stuff goes into our sessions, which I think is, like I said, a missing component that can really help athletes stay resilient. I feel like there's such this hot topic now about recovery, about like, you know, are we getting enough sleep? Are we drinking enough water? Are we recovering properly? And I feel like no one's really talking about how to downregulate the nervous system, like just how to turn down the noise and actually get into that like calm state. And I feel like you're creating this great modality and space and holding the space to do that. Well, thank you. You know, I haven't always been the best at it myself. I think we've all gone through these stages of more, more, more. And I think there's a conversation happening 
that's great to be able to be somebody who's trying to make it louder that less is more. You know, I think we, and especially in Manhattan, and I'm sure it's in many other places, but we go, 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 and everything's more. If the workout's not harder, everybody wants to work out harder and more. And truth is, half the people aren't reaching their goals because understandably, it's just the way kind of our brains work is to think that more is always going to get us more results. So to be able to have the conversation that actually kind of giving your body the decreased stress can actually help you achieve your goals more and even work harder and you're going to work is such a cool thing. And that's a challenging thing when you work with, like I say, soul cycle instructors who are pro athletes, in my opinion, because it's their job to overtrain, right? So how do you counteract all that stuff that they're putting their body through and they have to, and that's, there's, there's nothing going wrong there. It's part of their career, same way a football player and a basketball player. That's part of the career. So I think it's amazing that we have an opportunity to be able to talk to them. Okay, well, that might be happening, but how do we get your body to not be so stressed all the time? Work exercise is a stress. So if you're going to be doing it all the time, what are the things we need you to do to help kind of counteract that? That's not a conversation happening in most places. It's like you're applauded for doing more. You're glorified for teaching the most. So it's amazing that we're able to talk to them about the things you mentioned. We do. Darius and I do lectures with the people who are training to be instructors so that it starts at the foundation of their career, sleep, nutrition, hydration, meditation, the emotional toll. So it's, a, it's, I really like can't speak highly enough about SoulCycle for understanding that it's not just crush a million classes and be a star and it's all you need. And I think instructors are starting to talk to their riders about like, the other things they need to do. So I'll just open the annex, which is non yeah, yeah. bike stuff, which is, has a lot of, there's kind of movement and stretching and to help us kind of have this more well-rounded, we use the word balance all the time, but I don't think anybody really knows what that means. So it's cool to be a part of a company that's trying to help the general population in their community see the other parts of wellness. Yeah. I feel like one of the difficulties as be, of being a healer or PT or Cairo is that it's really hard to scale because you can only see so many people in a day. But I feel like by having this voice to the soul cycle trainees who are eventually going to be instructors who are then telling, you know, their class of whatever, 40 bikes, it's like you're almost like you're scaling and sending your voice like through this yeah, really well, big microphone. It's an exciting way to look at it. I mean, I applaud you for being wanting to have these conversations because to me, it's it's something that we, if we really are true to authentically being healers and caretakers for people, there's no ego. I, I don't care how the message gets out. It just should get out and people should take better care of themselves. And that's sincere. So if it's that you're able to tell a hundred instructors and they're able to tell 6,000 riders, amazing. It doesn't matter who the source is. So conversations like the ones me and you are having and you do an amazing job inviting people in. I think it's awesome to talk about all the different disciplines and all the different wellness points. So the conversation happens. And I think that that's the key is we just have to keep talking about it because it sparks people's interest. People start to hear about it and then they want to, they think about it. Oh, am I doing that? Do I need to learn more about that? And that's an awesome kind of thing to give to 
the world. Yeah, of, uh, absolutely. Especially in a fitness company and where people are always thinking these are people who instructors, for instance, are going to tell me to do more, come more, work out more, do more. This is the most important thing. And that's not always the message. And I think you build a relationship with your riders and you actually care about them and they'll come back. And Soul really has done a great job of that. So to be able to be a piece of that, <laughs> I am very, very grateful. Yeah. How do you, cause we're talking about burnout and obviously I feel like every health practitioner has some form of burnout do you, for yourself, know what it looks like and then how you deal with it? Yes, it's a tricky thing and I can't say I'm always the best at it. I think as I get more experienced and get years under my belt, I do a better job of it. I think having boundaries is super important and that was something that took me a while to learn. So when I started my career, it was see as many people as I could, whatever time of the day it started. And I don't want to say no to people because you want to help people. So if they need an 8 a.m., but I'm working till 9 p.m., I used to say yes. And now I know I'm not good for them. I'm not good for a client if I'm burnt out. So it doesn't always work, but I keep boundaries on my schedule and I make sure I get in what I need for my workout, for my wellness, whether it's infrared, I love going to higher dose or it's massage. I work with some great people for that to make sure I get that in. And I'm pretty, I would say regimented on what I know I need to rejuvenate. So if that's time at the end of the day for myself, I work with a coach who is kind of been instrumental for me and just kind of putting all the pieces together of what you need. I think sometimes we think as caretakers, we know because we're helping other people, but sometimes you can't see it for yourself. So I love working with people for my own yeah, wellness, which I think you learn from same as I definitely don't know it all, but I can say, I know a lot about exercise and still want a trainer and I want a coach for my physical therapy stuff. And I want somebody to kind of teach me the things that I'm hopefully teaching people. So that's kind of one thing I think is not to try to do it all. Yeah. Who's your team that takes care of you? <laughs> well, I've worked for a very long time with an amazing trainer, Andy Spear. He is in transition in companies. So we're kind of on hold for a second, but he's a huge asset to what I have learned and seen me through years of periods where I need less and periods where I need more. And I would say he's been an instrumental person in developing me from a personal point and a career point. I have a massage therapist that I think is amazing. His name is Adam Cook. I try to see him as often as I can. I work with a mass. I don't actually haven't gotten to see her, but I have a acupuncturist that hopefully I'll get to. And I recommend my clients to Jamie. She's amazing. So I think that that and my life coach who's her name is Lisa. She's actually out in California, which works really well for me because we do late night calls. Nice. And I truthfully don't talk to her all the time. It's kind of come to be, you know, an intermittent check-in, but she's really helped guide me. And a lot of times on career stuff of how do I make what me and you are talking about a reality? And she's been super helpful to some, just bounce off ideas and have somebody to go to, to really help you kind of create your vision. So that's kind of, I would say my little circle of care. And I, it, some people will be like, it's a lot, like you do a lot of fitness, you're involved in a lot of this stuff and a lot. And I'm like, but that's my passion, right? So you don't need to do, you don't have to have all these pieces. 
but you have to find what works for you and not try to do it all yourself and also invest in yourself. So even if you can't afford some of these things, I tell instructors this all the time because they're, you know, obviously working so hard, they don't have time invest time and money where you can. So if it's your birthday present, if it's a Christmas present, like I think you need to really put yourself as an investment point in kind of prioritizing. So it doesn't, when I say that people can think like, Oh God, I can't do all that. And I think you have to be realistic about it. Start with one thing. Like I said, right now I'm not training with somebody, but I hope to get back to it when the time is right. So there's, you know, you're going to ebb and flow through this stuff, but I think having kind of your go-tos and making them part of, like I said, maintenance, me and you need that just the same way we're telling our clients. Yeah. Do you have like go-to workouts you like other than working out with Andy Spear? I mean, obviously you ride. I soul cycle. I'm a big soul cycler. I'm a big rumble fan, which Love is, rumble. um, yes. And um, I think they've done an amazing job. I box with the coach at Gotham, which is amazing because it kind of helps me bring into practice what I'm learning through him at rumble, which is super fun. I highly encourage those. That's kind of, I'd say, like my main group fitness type things or real like focused types of workouts. I go to the gym and do strength training, cardio, recovery stuff. I It's just part of my routine. So kind of when I'm strength training, people always ask me, do you foam roll every day? And, you know, I'm not going to pretend that I'm perfect. Definitely not. But I don't ever let myself get to a point where it's like I'm hurting. I make sure it's in there. Even if it's not every day, I understand reality. So I'm lucky that I have the knowledge to do a lot of it on my own. Yeah. I feel like so much of the journey of just being a healer is what is going to work on myself and kind of playing with different disciplines so you can kind of figure out what works for your clients. Yeah. I mean, I've worked with so many awesome people. I've worked with AKT and Lion's Den and I've done other types of things because I want to be able to understand everything so that I would love to do it all, but obviously yeah. we can't, but then I can understand what my clients do. So even if it's not something that's in my regular routine, I have can know who to recommend to for everything. And that just because I mentioned these five companies, I'm sure there's 15 others and yeah. whatever, 30 others. I love to know it all and there's only so many time and hours in the day, but I think if we can be introduced to everything so we can all kind of understand the multiple options we have, I think that's an awesome way. And like you said, if it works for you, you can recommend it to your clients. And even if you're not doing it regularly, I think knowing what's out there to give to your clients so that it's not, they don't have to do what I'm doing. They, we can talk about what they want to do and what works for there. Where are they able to go? Where are they able to find what they need? Yeah, absolutely. Can you speak to SoulCycle has this amazing training program? I only heard this from another podcast and you are part of kind of doing that continuing education for the trainers. Yes. It's super exciting for me. So they do, I think it's six to eight weeks long. I can't, don't quote me on that, but I'm involved in the science portion. So they're every day with a training team, with training officers who are teaching them the magic of soul cycle. And what's really cool is Darius and I get to come in and not only teach them about science and anatomy and physiology and how it applies to soul cycle, but how to recover their body and how to take care of themselves. So we touch on everything nutrition, mobility, sleep, like I said, meditation, and then also anatomy fizz and making sure safety and kind of practical physiology is uh, part of their knowledge, which is super cool because 
as much as I respect going out and getting a certification, I think that's great. And I think it's important. I don't think it means you know how to apply it to something. So it's really cool that soul takes the time and the investment in making sure every single person actually knows what they're delivering from a effective standpoint, a safety standpoint, a scientific standpoint, being a part of that is pretty cool. So that's kind of our role in it. And then they go over many, many, many things throughout their weeks and they work really, really hard. Um, I have to say to, learn and grow and the training officers that teach it are incredibly inspiring leaders. So they kind of really, they really help transform people into kind of being this star power, which I think is awesome. So our role is less, less kind of in making them the stars, but really making sure while they're stars, they're doing the science and the safety correct. So that's really cool. That's amazing. I mean, especially as a company that is scaling so quickly and growing so quickly, I feel like it's so important to create the experience in Boston, DC, as you would get in New York. Yeah. I think quality control is so important. And I think they've done a good, great job of making sure that that stays front and center. And I think we in the fitness field, as me and you know, there's so many options right now, which is amazing. And I think great, but every single company has, I call it a responsibility to make sure we're not forgetting it's still a workout where people are putting their body through. It's not just about the bells and the whistles. The soul part is so important, but soul doesn't forget that it has to have that extreme range of knowledge for their instructors available in, like you said, every market. So they make sure they train and continuing there's continuing ed too, which is ongoing that we're a part of so that it's not just when you become an instructor, they have these lectures throughout the year on all these points we've talked about, which is pretty cool. So you're saying when you're not treating patients, you're prepping for these talks. <laughs> which is re- <laughs> It's really exciting. I'm always playing with it. I'm always trying to like come up with the best way. So it's fun. It's fun to be able to kind of deliver knowledge to people who are hungry for it. It's super cool. Yeah. I feel like your growth and stepping into soul cycle was such an organic process what is it in soul cycle are there specific points in soul cycles culture that like resonates with like your personal beliefs yeah soul's been instrumental for me as a person and as a career many areas one the community i mean for me like i said my connection to my clients is the priority obviously what i'm delivering is a service that i have to make sure i do very well but i think if i don't connect with you or understand you and that can look many many ways I can't really know my clients so well. So I think that's so important. And soul does a great job of that. I think the community connection is something that I've always gravitated towards. I never actually was a very big group fitness person until soul. It just spoke to me on a level that wasn't just fitness. Like we said, there's a million options, but what really spoke to me was that personal connection in a group of 60 people to be able to feel like you have a personal connection is pretty amazing. So that was definitely part of it. I literally, if it's my favorite instructor, get verklempt at the beginning <laughs> of the class. And I'm like, oh my God, what is going it's on? It's so <laughs> awesome. And they're fun. And I think you can lose yourself and not take yourself too seriously for a while. And the time that you're in there actually disconnect, like we talked about kind of the stress and the 
kind of finding a way to downregulate our system, even though we're going through a really hard workout. What's so cool is you're also able to shut off your brain from everything else. Sometimes some of my best ideas come to me in SoulCycle because I'm kind of not distracted by the world. So I love that about it. The people, they're just incredible people. And I think the realness of it, I am somebody who can talk about life and emotions and all kinds of ranges of human behavior and connection. And I think soul, that's like the core of who they are. So that's such a attractive quality to me. And the really the way they have changed the wellness world. I mean, it's they really were the pioneers. So it's so cool to see other companies like mentioned kind of also putting a mark on how we look at fitness and how we take care of our bodies. So I was gravitated towards the way they did it. Unlike anybody else. Yeah. Have you had any pain points in growing your business? You're yeah, treating soul cycle instructors. Sure. You're also see your own clients outside of soul cycle. I guess a big pain point was truthfully, how do you do it all? Right? Like how do I, I want to maintain my, relationship is so long-term. I really would never want to ever stop that. So how do you kind of grow a personal business when there's only so many hours in the day? Yeah. How do you do it? And I think I have hopefully done a good job of it, but I'm also working on a small scale. So right now I work private office, private clients, one-on-one. Darius is a huge resource for me to see my clients, but now I'm at the stage where hopefully I can talk to you in the future about exciting plans yeah. of growth. And right now is where you realize the pain points, right? Who can you trust to deliver what you hope is the best care possible? Finding good people to be your hands and your eyes and your ears when you're not there. Being dead honest and practical real estate in Manhattan is a tricky thing. So as I try to grow and finding in a, in addition to financial challenges, there's so many challenges in the city. You can't just kind of walk in and turn key to sign a lease. So I'm in this stage of growth right now where I'm learning a lot about actually the business aspect. It's not, you know, as easy as it seems. You're like, how much is that square foot? <laughs> how much is that square foot? What, what is lost space? Oh, I've learned a lot. You're like, I'm paying for the hallway and the elevator space too. And then you start to look at these companies that, that are like, you know, doing this all the time. And you're like, what? wow, you don't even realize what goes into all this, even though I knew it was tremendous. So many things. So I guess, you know, right now a pain point is also for me, I have this envision, right? What I want to happen and you can't make it happen fast enough. And that's okay because I think you learn as you go and it can be even better but you have to be patient and not get frustrated because there was ideas I had a year and a half ago that haven't happened and you see them passing you by and you know what, they might not be the best idea anymore. So I try to realize during these pain points to use it as an opportunity to make sure what I envision is the right vision and just grow it as I, in my mind while I'm waiting on <laughs> Manhattan to <laughs> allow me to do what I want to do. But I know as I say, everything goes well and get bigger space and you get all the bells and whistles of everything you want. How, what does that look like? Are you able to keep the quality control? You know, I admire people like you who've done that and done an incredible job of having a beautiful practice and maintaining quality of care with all the extra stresses for me working the way I work right now, I don't have a lot of major stresses. I small office, small overhead. I can do what I do and do it well and not worry. And 
you wonder sometimes, should I just stay there or should I grow? And I think as we know, and right, people talk about your comfort zone, staying where I am is is taking the easy way. So I'm not going to take that, but there's a lot more pain points. So I hope to look to people like you who are inspiring <laughs> to help me uh, get through those pain points. How's your, how's your people managing skills? Are they <laughs> on point? Key. Hopefully well, hopefully good. I'll learn <laughs> and I'll probably need some, uh, some guidance along the way. Can you share th- three things that you always have on you, not including your phone. All right. Well, <laughs> not always exciting, but no, I always me. have an extra pair of workout clothes on me. Oh, good. Because you just schedules and time and you're not really sure kind of where you can put things. So I always try, like I said, boundaries. I love to work out in the morning. Not a morning person. I can be honest about that, but I will work out before my day. But sometimes it doesn't look that way. And I think kind of not having any boundaries of or restrictions, obstacles. If you always have fair workout clothes on you, whether you want to go to a yoga class or kind of go to the gym and do some recovery work or hit a soul cycle class or a rumble class, then I have the option without any excuses. If I'm being completely honest, I always have caffeine on me. That's good. <laughs> I feel like New York is such a great haven for caffeine. Let's be honest here. Yeah, totally. People are always like, you drink caffeine? I'm like, I am human. I do. (laughs) Whether that's coffee or pre-workout or, you know, all these branch chain amino acids. I usually have those on me. Sometimes I risk caffeine. That's an honest thing. If you know me and, you know, my partner in crime, Darius, people will tell you we're pretty pretty caffeinated. Um, So that's another way I get through the crazy schedule. I always have some sort of protein source. Oh, good. What's your, what's your go-to? You know, I have to say, I, I don't do a great job of always getting whole foods in. And I, I work on that as a wellness and balance kind of goal. But I always have a protein powder on me if that's the way I need to go between clients. I do always have bars on me. And that's because I think if you don't plan, you're not going to be prepared. And that's one of the things that a career like ours, I'm sure you can understand often I'm back to back to back. So if it's a shake during a client session, then that's the best way I can get it. But I talk to people like for instance, soul cycle instructors, sometimes the hardest part is you don't have anything on you. So that's something I always have on me, whether I use it or not as a backup. Oh, that's great. Have you read any books right now that are like really inspiring you? Let's think. Well, I'm reading, I've been reading it for many months. I've probably talked about this before, but I'm reading Shoe Dog and it's taken me a really long time to finish it. What is it? it? Shoe Dog, the Nike. It's oh the, yeah. I, I, truthfully, I've been reading it forever. I'll be honest, but I love that company and really want to finish it and learn more about it. So yeah. I've been going super slow between courses of getting that in, but that's a, that's something that's on my list to finish. So what happens when you go on vacation? You know, it's another thing to speak about learning. I used to not be good about it. I used to feel like I couldn't be out. What would happen? You know, would everybody kind of not be okay? And I realized you can leave your ego at the door and relax. Everybody's going to be just fine and come back to you. And like, you're, it's going to all be okay. So now I do, when I go on vacation, I'm a creature of habit, which is not always good, but I pretty much live the same life. I work out in the morning, but I relax and I, I love, I spend a lot of time with my family. So my most recent trip was, I guess, 
besides like small little weekends that we did a, a family trip in Aruba and literally was with my nieces and nephews and just, well, that, that was a trip with my nieces. My nephew will be on the next trip, but just kind of hang out with them and my sisters and really just truthfully relax, like sleep late, work out, eat well, take naps. Yeah. Then I definitely can do some fun trips, right? Like I, I can go the other way and nice. kind of go to a Vegas weekend. I'm okay with that too, <laughs> but I think you need a vacation from a vacation. So true. Most people who know me know I am, I'm pretty much the same wherever I go, which I think could be good and bad. <laughs> I haven't done a lot of traveling though, like out of the country or to Europe, well, out of the country, Europe, all, all kinds of places that I need to get on. So as I'm trying to build a new business that might not happen right now, but like I said, I used to be like, oh, I can't leave for that long. And I'm learning that it's okay to leave and it's okay to do what you have to do for yourself and you come back stronger. And every time I go away, I think I don't need it. And you come back a hundred percent better and realize you didn't need it, even though you couldn't see it. So I think that we have to put those in our life. Yeah. Sometimes you have to take the trip, like push yourself. I think right when I started my business, like three months in, I took a three week trip to oh, wow. the Patagonia and I was like, no one's going to come back in. <laughs> and they're no, all going to step off the curb and hurt themselves or something. Yeah, you can really be. And I think that's a beautiful thing about us and we care so much, but you also can forget about what you need to do for yourself. And as you, you're going to probably help me remind me, please do <laughs> hold me accountable to that. You're only as good as you are as if you're taking care of yourself. So absolutely. if you're burnt out, you're not going to be good to your clients. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything else we haven't talked about that you want to share? Hmm. Well, one, I want to thank you because I think it's super exciting that you're doing this. I think it's amazing that something that's missing is this connection through camaraderie and the field. So thank you for yeah, having so me amazing. and being such a leader in making the world of wellness and fitness talk together. I think that's huge. And I, I guess I would encourage and ask people to have this continue and talk to more people and we should all connect. And I think we can really be powerful if we work together to change it. It kind of can be one of those grand statements, but I really think you can. I think people like you are really leading that. So I thank you. And I think I would love to do it. And I hope that as my plans continue, I can add things like this and have invite people like yourself in and talk more about this is too much about me and hear more about you <laughs> and a lot of other people in this field that like we mentioned so many amazing companies, but there's so many more and learn all about them and get people kind of talking and working together. So I just say, I encourage everybody to do what you're doing and really making this a conversation for the greater good. Yeah. Amazing. Where can people find you? Well, like what's right your now, social like media I said, handle? Oh website? gosh, I don't do social media too well. So <laughs> that might not be an exciting one, but as I'm growing, right now and hopefully I can speak about it in the future there will be more social media there will be websites there will be lots of the norm of a big company but right now I work super privately so I always literally give out my cell phone and my email and I am totally okay with that I like I said I believe in client connection people think I'm crazy but you can text me or email me anytime. I will answer. That's amazing. I love that. Um, I, I do. That. Last night I'm out to dinner. I get a picture of some knee pain and it's like, I'm good with that. I actually am okay with that. Might not be 
the norm for everybody, but I think being connected to your clients is number one. I so feel like that's the future. The cell phone is 516-637-2367. How many PTs give you their digits, right? <laughs> this is amazing. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. And my email is C-C-R-O-C-E-P-T at gmail.com. Amazing. Thank, Thank you, you so much for sitting down. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to do a follow-up once we get the like And I'm, we're going to reverse space. roles and I get to hear about all the exciting things you've done that I can learn from you. That too. Thank you. Thank you, lady. If Corinne's podcast really resonated with you and you feel like muscle medicine is adding value to your life, go to iTunes, subscribe, rate and review. It helps so much in just spreading the word of how to feed your muscle through training and through nutrition. Thank you guys so much gratitude.